Hello and welcome to what's the name of the show? News Real, oh, yeah. Joe. News Real, yeah. as opposed to fake news. Mm. Hi everyone. Uh, yeah, Hi, Scotty. That's what we're doing. Oh, I forgot there for a moment. Scotty's here. Joe's here. I'm, I'm here. So distracted. Where are we going to start? Uh, everywhere. Everywhere and all nowhere. at once. Everywhere all at once. God, do it all. Sum it all up in one paragraph, and then we'll just Austria, end. Austria, and Australia sound. Kind of similar, don't they? Are we talking about that COVID again? Can we talk about something more interesting? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Bring it on. I have other things to talk about, but... Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's like... It's obviously... I mean... Well, COVID is now like people, the background. You know, it's the wallpaper. It's yeah, everywhere. Right. Well, people so, are... I mean, people are... It's interesting, you know, because... It does dominate the news. And... I mean, we do... We obviously touch on it. And sometimes more than touch on it every week. And um, and have done for quite a while now. Immerse ourselves. Well, and um, but the problem is that's what most people are thinking. But we could do a show on cute animals and stuff, or I mean, we'll mention the you know that uh, pyroclastic uh, cloud that came down uh, on the the volcano in um, in Indonesia there yeah. during the week. You know, I saw that, that kind yeah. of stuff. But there's not enough of that stuff going on. You know what I mean? That that would be a yeah. Well, it'd be light relief from COVID for me anyway, like, you know, uh, volcanoes erupting and, and other things, you know, that would be more interesting than COVID because it is getting a bit tiresome, but maybe the whole point of it is that it's meant to tire people out, right? So they just resign themselves to this being the new normal and yeah. just suck it up and get your shot and get the vaccine and shut up. Um, but it is all across the media, right? Uh, with the kind of exception of, if you look at all the Western English media, i.e. UK, uh, you know, covering Europe and the rest of the world. It's all, every headline, and has been for the past, like almost two yeah. years now, has been COVID in there on the headline somewhere, and m almost all of the coverage has been COVID because they cover the whole world, right? With the exception of America, because America has, obviously, the report on that, but they have other things going on in America that that uh, are seen as being as important. I mean, in Europe, you have... The only other thing that's up there with the COVID thing is migrants, not again, but that's iffy, that's now and again. Uh -huh. But in the US, you've had the whole the whole Trump legacy thing and white supremacy and, you know, racism. The and, culture war. Uh, that thing is still going quite strong in America because, yeah. I mean, that's where it was the strongest. So it's, it's taken the headlines uh, quite a lot as well, you know, and an example will be like what we're going to mention there. Well, the tiki torches. The yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go straight to it because it happened today. I yesterday, think it looks it? okay. It's maybe yesterday. We'll go straight to it. But yeah, I just want to add to that that everything is through now through the prism of COVID. So even if it's an unrelated topic, it seems it still frames through that because mm. it, how can it not be? Society's been completely reorganized, it's been reset, you yeah. know, to use their word. Mm -hmm. So that's the great switcheroo that's taken place. They would right. like all to accept that this is the new normal and preferably not talk about it. They, they, as far as they're concerned, this is not a political issue. They keep saying this. This is everywhere and it is off the political table. And they're going to keep beating people with it until it becomes the new normal, right? But then yeah. it'll never go away. That's what people, that's one of the, the, the supposed contract was. And Jordan Peterson actually mentioned this, you know, and he said it, I don't, we, didn't, we never played it, but he was talking in one of his interviews, whatever, about uh, 
about him getting the vaccine. He says, well, I got the vaccine, you know, but the deal with the vaccine was, I'll get, okay, I'll get the vaccine, talking to the government, I'll get the vaccine, and you leave me the fuck alone. Uh-huh. Stupid me. That didn't happen. So the idea that, that's, that's a direct quote, by the way. I'm not uh, just... Yeah, he swore. Unusual for him. Spuriously or, or... Yeah, that was in his last flavor. interview with uh, Ruben. Yeah. yeah, so, but even if people were to accept this, whole COVID business, it would never go away because it's seen as a tool to keep people, put pressure on well, people, keep it, people pressured, right? So I don't think, and that's part of the problem is people think and signed on to it. A lot of people have probably resonated if they saw it, resonated with that sentiment of Peterson. Okay, I got the vaccine. Is it over now? No, it's not over. So it doesn't matter how much you comply. The whole appeasement with Hitler in the Second World War, uh-huh. <laughs> that was a bad thing back then. An appeasement of the powers that be today or is just as bad. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't change anything, it seems. That's a kind of recurring theme throughout history. Like thing when you appease a tyrant, he just sees it as more reason to turn the screws on you, more. Can I propose two things and you tell me which is more likely? Mm. In the US, maybe Canada as well, maybe if you wanted to broaden out the Anglosphere broadly, you still have other stories. There are other events yeah. that are not COVID-related. Okay, so here's my proposal, one of two, which is it? Is that because the government slash media slash whatever system there is just making an effort to distract people from it? Or is that because in those countries, they still have enough of a, a much broader anti- I think so. They're still making more of a fuss about it. I think that's the case in the US. And they're trying to say, look, look, there's more important things on the table to yeah. discuss right here now. And it would depend nationally, but obviously you can spread it out uh, beyond the, the the Western world or the first world or the world, if you know what I mean, which is for a lot of people is Europe and America. You go to other countries in South America and Asia and stuff, and if you look at them specifically, you'd probably see that there's not a lot of reports of COVID in their local newspapers because they do have, depending on the country, have other national issues that are going on that are more important, right? But uh, I suppose Europe has lived so high in the hog and has been so free from problems, really. I mean, after terrorism went away because of COVID, uh, that there's nothing else to talk about, right? There's no other pressing issues, you know? And 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 that's what the media is using to get clickbait and the government is using it to, you know, program the minds of the population, keep them afraid, controlled, all that kind of stuff. But in the U.S., I think the difference is, yeah, there's another, there's other issues, guns, there's, like it was a shooting just there in Chicago during the week, uh, five or four or five kids shot mm. in a Chicago school. Um, that's obviously the gun thing is, is a debate type of thing. And that obviously is tied to white supremacy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, racism, culture wars, like you said. Um, but it's also in the US that, that is also, COVID isn't dom- dominate, doesn't dominate the headlines quite as much as in Europe, although the leftist media tends to want to, 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 to make it dominate, but it doesn't, I think, because America is so, well, it's, it's 50 states, right? Um, and look at Florida, look at Texas. I mean, people are calling Florida now the free state of Florida. You know, I live in the free state of Florida where none of that applies, you know what I mean? So certainly it's probably not across the Florida media, right? There are local Florida newspapers and Texas as well and a few other states in the U.S., you know? So it's, yeah, that's one of the advantages of the U.S., you know? And it's weird, like, that the U.S. is one country for quite a long time, a couple hundred years, um, but there's more independence between states in the U.S. than there is, apparently, between most of the European states, which were all really independent countries. Ten years ago. More than 20, uh, 20, 20 years ago, you know. 
So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. But anyway, yeah. Um, so what about the tiki torches? There are two tiki torches that combine white supremacy in America and COVID in Europe, right? But we'll get to the COVID in Europe one afterwards. <laughs> but what's the first white supremacy co- uh, tiki torches reference? Uh, yesterday, some group was marching on Capitol Hill. Some group? In Washington. Just called the Patriot Front. Oh, yeah. Never heard of it. No. One of those <laughs> newly formed, never before heard of group. Um, before we show it, though, we should say that during the week we were laughing, looking back and laughing at how freaking idiotic that thing in 2017 was. The Unite the Right rally in yeah. Charlottesville. You will, will not, not replace us. us. Jews will not replace us. And then they ran out of things that rhymed with you and Jew. <laughs> so they uh, just repeated so they it. So just repeated it over again. Jews will not. Rep- uh, no, uh, Jews. Uh, <laughs> like, and it was supposed to be like a, a, it was meant to a, be. Cry, a rallying call for whites to, in America. It was, it was absurd. you in the heart of the yeah. of the enemy of freedom, and it did. Which you know the liberati, CNN, the, C- the enemy well, of freedom. CNN, Jonathan Haidt, as I show, shattered yeah, pants. Yeah. You know yeah. the intellect, in, the intellects of the intellects yeah, in America last week collectively then, shot yeah. their pants. Yeah. You know took it as a real legit oh god this is a genuine is snapshot of the state of you know politics in our country yeah but it was obviously ridiculous now two months or last month it's very recent something happened where there was the um the senate uh, no the govern, uh, governor's race in virginia same state as charlottesville and uh somebody rolled up to the campaign bus of the right-wing republican candidate and just posed for the press, three guys, one black, two whites, uh, sunglasses, white shirts, khaki pants, and tiki torches that were unlit because it was pissing rain. Yeah. Uh, just, just standing there drenched, you know, sunglasses. It took only like a little bit of sleuthing. It was within 24 hours, people figured out that they were actually sent there by Project Lincoln, which is a sort of ultra lefty tied to the Democratic right. Party group to smear, to get to, to paint Youngkin. Right the Republican candidate yes. as of the far right. Kind of echoes of that Justice, just, uh, what's his name? Just, Justice Smollett. Justice Smollett Which is currently, which is, trial, his trial is on at the Or moment. the many instances of like uh, people in, even today, uh, on, in recent years, you know, activists, left-wing activists in, on campuses around the US put, writing Nazi slogans on the campuses in order to prove the extreme right influence at the university, but it's a radical lefty that's doing it to try and... Yeah. Make make a reality yeah. of what they claimed, what they believe to be a reality. They try to yeah. make the reality. There's been a long history of of, of of kind of disaffected or a bit slightly crazy or maybe not so crazy Jews mm-hmm. doing that as well to try and uh, highlight the problem of anti-Semitism. And they yeah. look around and they say, "Well, there isn't much anti-Semitism around here. I'm going to make some yeah. as a Jew in order to highlight how I feel." That there's a lot of anti-Semitism. That happens a lot in Paris, in yeah. the US, in the East Coast. Yeah. Um, and when caught, the, not whether the Jewish or far lefty activists and other causes, when caught, they always have the same story. It's yeah. like, yeah, I know I did it, but obviously I did it to highlight, highlight the fact that, it's just that you're not this thing it. is out there. <laughs> that could happen any minute now. It's just I did it, but it could have been... A Nazi that did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you like, didn't know uh, until you called me that I yeah. wasn't a Nazi for real. Yeah, exactly. I could have been a Nazi. So it's like, in, uh, yeah, in, in France, they, uh, there were Jews going around. Um, a, you know, An a elderly few instance, couple. A few instances of them actually desecrating Jewish cemeteries. Mm. 
and putting, you know, graffiti, Nazi, smashing Nazi, the Nazi headstones. Yeah. Head it's crazy stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's lucky that, that now and again it gets found out that that's what, that's what is actually going on. So at least it allows for some doubt as to whether uh, those kind of claims are legitimate that need to be investigated, you know. Uh, but what about the, yeah, so the latest one was a bunch of, a hundred of them? Marching on Capitol Hill. What Do are you they have called? video? I have video. Yeah. Like, we guess, uh, yeah, well, let's just watch it to see what... The, uh, this was, I guess, I can't remember. I think it was like Unite the Right Redux attempt. Right, just out um, of nowhere. Yeah, who they knows? obviously got approval I'm sure for there's it. some backstory. They got approval because it's not on Capitol Hill. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I sent it to Scotty, so we'll see it in a sec. And I read their Wikipedia page, which we're going to refer to in a minute. Turn the sound on. <laughs> They're marching in their boots to create that sound effect. That, you know, it's the jack boots marching. Yeah. No tiki torches, though. They have a drummer, though. Yeah. There he is. Good man. Keep up. Keep up. Do keep up. The battle hymn of the Republic. And uh, the, the US flags are upside down, and they're carried, of course, you know, from the front, like, yeah. as if to suggest they're. It's a far right thing when you carry a flag like that, you know. And if anyone's, you know, not sure about their race or what they're at, they're all wearing white balaclavas. Hmm. And there's a few other such videos going around, and of course, people just they spot it right away. Fedfest, you know. Uh, obviously, this is. Did you see the other one? Where at the end, at the end of the day, when they try to get away. No. Uh, there's another one where they tried to, when they're leaving, they're wrapping it up, you know, they did whatever they were doing, they did a little march and were wrapping it up, and a bunch of U-Haul trucks come um, to take them away. Well, one U-Haul truck comes, right? So they rented a truck, and they all pile, an empty one, they all pile in the back of it, but for some reason, there's other people there who are, one of them actually says, those guys are feds, definitely, you know, um, and they're kind of attacking them, you know, as if... Claiming that they're basically, it's, it's a setup, right? It's like I, basically the FBI, because this whole, there's a whole meme going, not a meme, but the idea is going around right now that, which is probably true, that the Capitol Hill riot was provoked to some extent. The entrance, at least to, to, the, to Congress, was provoked by, you know, members of the FBI in amongst the, in amongst the, the Capitol Hill rioters. So that's a big thing amongst conservative Americans. Uh, right now, that, that that they're being manipulated in that way. As soon as, as soon as they see something like this, even their own even their own supporters, in a certain certain sense, are people that might support what they're doing, are suspicious that that's basically being orchestrated by the FBI to make them look bad. So the whole idea of an Asian provocateur, the general idea, is really it's it has common it's, currency it, now. Yeah, it's starting to pervade the yeah. the whole discourse. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they all jumped in a bunch of U-Haul trucks, or, or one U-Haul truck, and wasn't enough to take them all away. So the U-Haul truck had to do several runs back and forth to throw them all in the back and take them away again. It's bizarre. Like, I mean, that's the whole, it is obviously strange, you know, and weird, you know, that they would do that, you know. Uh, it has this element of being sinister, you know what I mean? There's no speeches. They're not saying anything. They're just marching in silence in this kind of military formation. Yeah. And that's obviously designed to convey a certain message, right? Yeah. But it definitely is possible that there's someone... I'm not saying all those guys that we just saw in the video there are all working for the FBI. But all it would take would be a bunch, couple of FBI people to have, over the past couple of years, set up a group like this, collected a bunch of adherents, oh, yeah. and then well, you can maneuver them. They know, they know that the um, one of the co-founders of Proud Boys is an FBI informant, for sure. 
they also know that uh, that militia group, the border one, um, gosh, name escapes, the, the, the Oath Keepers mm-hmm. was also set up by someone at the outset. It's not that they come in later and go and get an informant. That's mm-hmm. Cointel Pro, mm-hmm. where you yeah. hijack a movement afterwards. But from the get-go, Oath yeah. Keepers was counterintelligence. Yeah. Redux, right. the modern version, where they just create the group. They don't try and overtake it to yeah, keep the country stable. Yeah. They create it yeah. to destabilize the public backlash against right. the government. You know, well, it's actually exactly the same as like we're saying of of people who go around like leftists who go around and put Nazi slogans on campuses to, to try and you know uh, show or to, to set the debate or to, to, to demonize uh, your your opposition or or to show just how how bad things are in the country right now. And to activate uh, people both ways, to get yeah, them to go, yeah. if you're of left inclination, go extreme yeah. there and then yeah. vice versa, yeah. Yeah, but I think the rationale behind the FBI doing it isn't necessarily to sow some kind of, uh, to seed some kind of discord in the culture war to exacerbate it or, or bring it to a point of, you know, open conflict. It's more like the, the rationale in terms of their policy, FBI, and this is a long-standing policy, the way they explain it to themselves is that, listen, these kind of groups are going to form or in the process of forming all by themselves. If we don't form them and have them under our control, then groups will form that are not under our control. Yeah. So in order to safeguard security in the country, we need to actually create create these groups. I mean, it, it has so many tie-ins with, oh, yeah. with terrorism. It's a great plausible narrative. You know, it's, uh, it's carried them for yeah, decades. For sure. It, you know, it even extends to... Uh, it's, it's a weird mentality. It extends to... Um, the COVID business, right, and uh, gain-of-function research. It's exactly the same mentality behind gain-of-function research. That at some point in the future, uh, a virus might jump from an animal to humans. It hasn't happened, and we don't know the likelihood of it happening, but it could happen, and we don't know what, what, what it would do or what the effect would be. Therefore, we need to create the, that, that mutated virus or that virus that, you know, with, with extra extra souped up powers basically we need to gain a function research research on a, on a virus like add to a virus to make it transmissible to humans to see what happens now of course they stop yeah. at, the, at the at the stage it's of just so spreading we spreading it it's just so we know yeah. and you you'll be more comfortable if we know right if but you, you know see, that we know but you can see how the, the, it's exactly the same mentality right so the fbi says we need to create these groups because if we don't at some point in the future they're going to create be created by others and we won't have control over it so we need to create them, but then that means we have control over them, so we can make sure that you know there's no outbreak of violence, or it doesn't it doesn't turn into some kind of a revolution, or some kind of a class war, or, or, or a civil war, or anything like that. We can contain it all. Same with viruses. Uh, we we soup up the virus, but we just keep it controlled. We don't release it, right? And the FBI doesn't release their hordes of of white supremacists and, and start a civil war, and the scientists don't release their gain a function re- uh, virus uh, to, to cause a pandemic. But, do they? <laughs> is, is that always an option? Is that kept on the back burner as a possibility? That's the big question because you're right at the edge there. You're right up to the yeah, line. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a perennial function of government. Yeah. Uh, the stay behind units in, during the Cold War, yeah. NATO would... Um, Bring it right to the line by funding and supplying weaponry, bomb, bombing equipment to far leftist groups Communist, in Europe. Yeah, groups, yeah. Um, while training cadres of ostensibly right-wing militias, 
mm-hmm. underground practice, you know, target, take, you have target practice now and again, keep the weapons in storage, move them around from place to place in the eventuality that yeah. if the Russians ever invade the Soviets or whatever, Western Europe, we're ready but you to could, have stay behind units. And right. like they're behind the front lines of the invading Russian horde. But, that but the went, scenario never happened. Right. But it went further than that. If you look deeper into it, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, Daniela Ganser wrote a book on it, yeah. Strategy of Tension, which was this idea they had of, uh, so they didn't just stop at the point of having this cadre of anti-communist, you know, mm. uh, anti- anti-communist groups in Europe waiting for the Soviet invasion, if it ever happened. Mm-hmm. What they did was they used those groups to act in the name of Soviet Russia by planting bombs and claiming that it was by some Soviet-supporting group Far in Western Europe group, yeah. in order to change public opinion or to make sure that public opinion stayed anti-Soviet. Yeah. So that once you once you formulate that idea, then you cross that line into committing acts of terrorism or bombings on the country. You cross that line to releasing uh, a gain of function modified virus. You don't just keep it in the lab, you release it in order to see what would happen uh, or to control or to, you know, to, to affect something, to have, have some well, political. Here's uh, a horrifying thought. It took 30 years for strategy of intention to basically get its way through the courts in Italy, where it was first mentioned mm-hmm. by a quote-unquote far-right fascist with ties to Italian intelligence and therefore the CIA. 30-some years before that was, you know, got the attention it deserves. So it's kind of admitted long after the fact. Here's a horrible thought. What if it's going to take 30 years before they acknowledge something to the effect that, yes, we did release the COVID and we did it because, as you can tell looking at any of the statistics, we knew it was not particularly fatal, but it was the perfect way to prepare the population for such an eventuality right. as we ever did have an actually catastrophic black plague type death pandemic. So were we harming you or were we looking out for you all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they'll always have that answer. Yeah. That's what's horrible it, yeah. about it. You yeah, know? that's, that's the, I mean, that's an entirely plausible uh, Long-term scenario. game. Well, scenario. A, fall, a fallback yeah. Thing they can when if they're okay you got me well here's why we did it yeah it's an entirely plausible scenario those people probably do have have had and do have in their minds and it's been a it's a mainstay of that kind of thinking in in political uh, and quote-unquote elite circles for for quite a long time you know if, we, if we hadn't population. done it you would not have been primed prepared right. for lockdowns right. when the actual one came right all of the structures are in place now for a pandemic yeah. So you can justify it. Yeah, if you're pathological enough, you can justify anything. Like, you know, you can, like, Samantha Power or the, you know, the U.S. State Department. And it's, uh, what's it called? Right to protect humanitarian interventions, bombing right. people to save them. We're going <coughs> to save you to death. We're doing it for your own good. Yeah, because he's killing his own people. But uh, you later find out he isn't. And uh, well, it's actually us that we're killing those people. Anyway. Um, where do you want to go next? I mean. Take your torches. Yeah. Uh, tiki torches. We're, only tiki to- we're no tiki torches in that. People want tiki torches now. Oh, so yeah. where are the tiki torches? Show us. I, I have to look torches. for because uh, I have video of Merkel speaking. Okay, well, throw that up. Maybe we'll see it in the background. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look. Uh, Merkel's uh, always good for a laugh. <laughs> are you kidding? 
She's so was she seventeen years in power? Well, she's finally left this week. She's worse than Putin, almost. For worse being, than Putin for being that long in power. That's a real. That's a pure. That's a sign of a of a, of a, of a dictator. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How do you square that circle? Like well, anyone who stays in power beyond eight years is an evil dictator with tyrannical intentions and wants to be king, except Merkel, because she's a frumpy housefrau. <laughs> okay, um, she can't be a dictator. She finally left. She finally let go of the chancellorship in Germany. Yeah. And on Thursday evening, she gave a, a farewell address to a donation um, at the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin. Let's have a what you listen. It's got subs here now. Und zur Selbstkorrektur. Sie lebt vom steten Ausgleich der Interessen und von dem Respekt voreinander. Sie lebt von Solidarität und Vertrauen. Im Übrigen auch von dem Vertrauen in Fakten und davon, dass überall da, wo wissenschaftliche Erkenntnis geleugnet, Verschwörungstheorien und Hetze verbreitet werden, Widerspruch laut werden muss. Nun wird es an der nachfolgenden Regierung liegen, Antworten auf die vor uns liegenden Herausforderungen zu finden und unsere Zukunft zu gestalten. Hierfür wünsche ich Ihnen, lieber Olaf Scholz und der von Ihnen geführten Bundesregierung, alles, alles Gute und eine glückliche Hand und viel Erfolg. Ich bin überzeugt, dass wir die Zukunft auch weiterhin dann gestalten wenn wir uns nicht mit Missmut, mit Missgunst, mit Pessimismus, Pessimismus. sondern, wie ich vor drei Jahren in einem anderen Rahmen gesagt habe, Fröhlichkeit im Herzen an die Arbeit machen. So jedenfalls habe ich es immer für mich gehalten. In meinem Leben in der DDR What is the point of this? Es diese Fröhlichkeit im Herzen, <clears throat> What's she actually saying? Allen und im übertragenen Sinne unserem Land auch well, für die Zukunft wünsche. Okay, you can stop it there. It's just her leaving. From the bottom of my heart, see you later. She's leaving, she's saying, she's rallying the troops, so to speak, <laughs> not literally the, the population. As I go, she's saying, uh, I want to remind you all that we must stay united hmm. against conspiracy theories and uh, uh, always trust the science yeah um, obviously she's without mentioning the, co the C word she's talking <coughs> about the COVID yeah of course yeah. now oblique references well, it's the 24 hours before the speech well she made a reference there to it's up to the new chancellor now to find answers to the challenges that that we confront if you throw up the Star Tribune uh, Scotty uh, this is from, well, it's a few days ago, but obviously this was this guy. The new chancellor that uh, Merkel just referenced there, he's got some answers to the challenges that confront us. Right. And that's a vaccine. So Germany's designated the chancellor backs COVID vaccine mandate for everybody. Yeah, which Merkel just drew up just before, you know, right. she left. And handed it over to him. Yeah. So... Uh, and this is meant to be on, uh, going to be, he's, he's going to say that he's in support of it. And in February, they're going to have a vote. Yeah. But he expects that it will pass. Yeah. So February seems to be a date that the, a, lot of, a lot of them have actually glommed onto as a, yeah. when we need to, to do certain things to, uh, in terms of, mostly in terms of vaccine mandates. Um, Beginning with Austria. Yeah. Well, uh, U.S., uh, a couple of days ago, they were meant to have this vaccine mandate. Again, 
America, you know why we make fun of America for being, we kind of like, we make fun of it or have made fun of it a lot in the past about freedom. America, freedom, so much freedom. Freedom isn't free, it costs folks like you and me. Freedom isn't free, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, we've made fun of that in the past, you know, drawing comparisons to how, you know, what what do they mean by freedom and all that kind of stuff. But when it came, when When it comes down to When the rubber hit the road, like in terms of of, of this COVID business, it does seem to be standing Uh head and shoulders above a lot of other countries, particularly in in the free West, uh, in terms of maintaining at least some semblance of, uh, we mentioned Florida and, uh, and Texas, ma- maintaining some semblance of, of freedoms. because And also because uh, you know, Biden wanted to do the, the health care mandate. It was, supposed, it was meant to be a couple of days ago, uh, 3rd of December, I think, or something like that. Uh, all health care workers were meant to be, uh, there was a vaccine mandate meant to be imposed for all health care workers. That's been challenged uh, in, in the courts, uh, and it's having some success, so that has been put on hold. Um, and there's also um, January 5th, there was meant to be the Biden's mandate for all employees of companies with more than 100 employees were meant to, were meant to be you know, forced, forced vaccinations or mandated vaccinations. That's been challenged in the courts and has, yeah, is, th- is meeting with some success. So that's been put on hold as well. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's the, you're referring to the Sixth Circuit Court, which yeah. um, put the kibosh on it uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Now, but it's, it's but not the end of the story because no. the government's coming back with motions and there's all kinds of process. Right. They try and get this in and that in. This week, they, this week the Biden regime, regime. Um, s- filed a motion to move jurisdiction of this to a different court in Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. And this sixth court, wherever it's actually physically located, I don't know, to be honest, said no. But so they're trying, they're not giving up, and there, yep. there's more to come on that. So but already at some, least there's a battle taking place. Already some, some fairly big health care service providers, like the, the companies that are, you know, run hospitals. There's one in Florida just recently said 80, has 83,000 83, uh, staff, like yeah. healthcare staff, and they said that um, they're dropping the COVID mandate thing. So it's, and that's obviously on the heels of these court decisions to stall or to not approve uh, Biden's federal order or mandate, the yeah. government mandate. So, you know, so, um, yeah. Yeah. The, it's, it is a fundamental difference. The, the central government in the United States is genuinely subject to other branches of government. Right. And also to the not states. Not in all cases, because, you know, we're pretty sure there's something squarely happened yeah. with the election last year. But in general, it remains the case that there is... And also the independence of states. Independence of states, uh, three branches of government, et cetera, et cetera, competing interests coming through yeah. different parts of this, the bureaucracy through myriad different agencies. Okay. So there's, it's so vast yeah. that... Sure. And there's this, there is this big honking freedom streak that runs through the whole thing. Uh, it's not quite well, north, south, east, west. It's more generally like heartland versus the coastal right. elite states, if you're going to put a geographic mark on it. But it cuts through everything. Yeah. Whereas in other countries, they just went Boom. right over people's heads and announced by decree X, Y, Z. Austria. You mentioned Austria. Czech Republic is also doing uh, well. Germany Austria, is talking about it. Austria mandate from, I think it's from... Um, is it from? Is it immediate? Yeah, it's immediate. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's next month. 
it's, it's where everybody, or maybe it's February again. That, that, that I'm pretty sure Austria is, they say, by February 1st. February 1st. <clears throat> but, yes, they've got a couple of months, but they're already locked down all the unvaccinated, supposedly. Although they kind of locked down everybody then after that. So it's, Yeah, yeah. So there's some tag, there's obviously some, uh, somewhere in, in Europe, there's some central administration of this rollout going on because when I saw Austria do it first, I thought, well, okay, that's, my, my hunch was they've chosen Austria because they would ordinarily have gone down this through Germany, mm. but they get to hide behind the, the indigenous, spontaneous, organic, oh, small, minor country choosing to do this. Right. And then Germany could go, oh, what is that? That is a very good that idea. Good we idea. will take that two weeks later. Yeah, yeah. And then lo and behold, it's, it's Germany's saying, same thing. Uh, Merkel's last actual act. I mean, the mandate is, you know, theoretical. So at the moment, officially, but in uh, practice, her last actual act was the lockdown, the unvaccinated. Right. To follow Austria yeah. in that move. That's currently what just happened. That's her final act. Mm. And then that, that's probably why I played the speech because the speech is about, you know, democracy and freedom and, you know, keeping the country united and, and those who would divide us with the conspiracy theories and smear campaigns. She just basically split the country down the middle. And there's some actual great footage of that to that literal effect. You go into shopping malls in some places in Germany right now, they just put up like fences down the middle of the mall. Mm. On one side, you're vaxxed, on the other, you're unvaxxed. Mm. And it's having a knock-on spontaneous effect in the population. I saw that you tweeted something earlier this week where someone put a side-by-side of graffiti or whatever was painted window in 1940 or 1930, whatever it was, you know, Jews not welcome. And there's literally shop windows where people have either put up paper notices or they put it on their windows, the shopkeepers themselves, unvaxxed, not welcome. So that's their final act, is to literally... Make Germany, Germany Hitler again. Yeah, yeah. All the while going out, believing it. in her freaking mind that Jeez. everything she'd done down to her last act is to keep the Hitler thing at bay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> who deluded. can believe that? Yeah, yeah. How mental are you to believe that? Well, I don't know. It's some kind of sickness. It has. You have to start looking at the pathology of it, or the the clinical pathology of it. If you know what I mean, in terms of uh, there has to be something. Medical, if only kind of psychological, going on uh, on a large, on a mass scale uh, around, you know, not everywhere, but in some places over a large number of, uh, a large percentage of the population of of most countries, let's say, or in the countries that we're talking about, there's some kind of a psychological pathology, pathologization of the population going on. Yeah. that's what, and that's what happened. I mean, we, we can maybe talk about that a bit later, but certainly that's what is a good explanation for what's happened over the past uh, 18 months to two years. And it has had that kind of an effect on, on the people, uh, on, on a lot of the people, not everybody. Czech Republic is also doing, Greece and the Czech Republic both doing, you talk about small states, Greece and the Czech Republic and Europe yeah. both doing um, ma- already I don't have. deal mandated vaccines for over 60s. In yeah. Greece, if you don't get the vaccine over 60, fine. I have the PM announcing that, the Greek PM. Uh, we're just, hopefully it's just to, to the point, but we don't play that one, Scotty. Maybe he's rambling, but I think he's, he spits it out in a minute or less. Okay, there are subs here again. By the 16th of January, you must be vaccinated. Book an appointment here first. Right. Right. 
If you're not vaxxed by then, you get a fine of 100 euros for every month or day after that you're not vaxxed. He says it's not a punishment. It's not a punishment. Yeah. What is it then? It's a good beating. It's not a punishment. The Greek PM says this is an act of justice for those who have been vaccinated. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because there is a real element of vengeance in the the, 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 the viciousness on the other side of this debate. And, and he's saying that he's going to have a lot of people. He's a smart politician. He knows that's the sentiment. You know, We need to get these mofos Vax, stab them, yeah. jab them, what whatever it takes. But what is worth it for me, there's a palpable sense amongst a lot of these politicians, and they're all reading from the same hymn sheet as we've, as we've seen, that they're really behind the scenes, and a lot of them try to hide it. Some of them don't hide it so well, like some uh, governors in Australia are like literally almost spitting mad when they're talking about oh, vaccines. But uh, a lo- there's a palpable sense that all of them are really, really pissed off, angry mm. that there are so many people. And there, it is a significant percentage of the population, maybe 10, 20%. That's still a lot of people. You're a third, about, I think. Yeah. Most not most. vaccinated, but in terms of the real resistors type thing, let's say 10, 15% mm-hmm. or something like that. In Europe, you're talking about, you know, 50 to 100 million people. And they're really not happy that these people are not tipping their hat and bowing down and saying, yes, thank you, sir. For I know. After so much messaging, yeah. so much. Yeah. We've been There's going on about this for two years. How are they not right. here with us yet? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's. Which brings us to the European Union as a whole, where we play what Ursula von der, von der Leyen has to say about this, von der Leyen. Yeah, she's, she's on there on the YouTube video, Scotty. Um, uh, I want to follow up on Ex-German, that. before you play it, ex-German Minister of Defence under Merkel since uh, last year or two years now, European Commission head. So first That's of like. all, this is pure member state competence. Therefore, in respect to that, um, it's not me to give any kind of recommendation. If you're asking me what my personal position is, um, two or three years ago, I would never have thought to witness what we see right now, that we have this horrible pandemic, we have the vaccines, the life-saving vaccines, but they are not being used adequately everywhere and thus this costs of course an enormous or this is an enormous health cost coming along if you look at the numbers we have now 77 percent of the adults in the european union vaccinated or if you take the whole population it's 66 percent and this means one third of the european population is not vaccinated these are 150 million people. <gasps> this is a lot. Too much. And not Most of each and everyone stuff. can be vaccinated. Oh. So they are very small children, for example, Third. or people with special medical conditions. But the vast majority could. And therefore, I think um, it is understandable and appropriate to lead this discussion now. Um, how mm. we can encourage and potentially think about mandatory vaccination um, within the European Union. This needs discussion. This needs um, a common approach, but it is a discussion that I think has to be led. It has to happen. 
Uh, although that's just my personal this opinion, my and personal I, have, opinion. I, have, I have no uh, influence, and it's up to member states to do it. But this is what I think you should all do, and obviously they're going to take that and run with it, because that's just that's a green light for them to then start talking about governments to start talking about it within each member state. But she talked about that's her personal position. Go to the Wikipedia page, Scotty, because uh, we'll go to her personal Wikipedia page if we're talking about her personal position and her her persona. Uh, blah blah blah. I mean, it's all a load of whatever. She's got a history. She's actually a doctor, which is interesting. Uh, she's a perfect person at, uh, to, to be the head of the European Commission uh, during a, a deadly pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the right there, uh, just down below her picture, just uh, go to uh, see her, um, where is it, spouses. Her, her better half or her other half, her worse half, I don't know. Heiko von der Leyen, click on him. He is a German physician as well, a couple of doctors. Must be great uh, dinner table conversation. And member of the noble family von der Leyen. He's a noble family. Anyway, more important, he's got a much smaller Wikipedia entry, but he's her husband. And since December 2020, hmm, it's an interesting date, he is a medical doctor of the US biotech company Orgenesis which is specialized in cell and gene therapies. Wow. Orgenesis Inc. is a pioneering, pioneering global biotech company committed to accelerating commercialization and transforming the delivery of cell and gene therapies while lowering costs. Orgenesis has a cell-based vaccine platform targeting SARS-CoV-2. And... That's what he's doing, and he just got appointed that appointed that position as medical director of that biotech company that is developing treatments for SARS-CoV-2. And his wife is speaking to the entire European population, telling them that all that they all need to take some kind of mandated medication, preferably, preferably from my husband's company. Preferable. What they've done in the year, they have since the start given preference to the American gene vaccine. Yeah. Well, they give extra special preference to her husband. And she, it says, she, uh, when we were on the previous page, she took her, this position up in December 2019. Yep. I wonder if It's great. <sighs> no conflicts of interest there. She's also, None of course, gone viral. Since she made those statements, people picked out that last month, von der Leyen was at some awards ceremony yep. with Alberto Bula. The head of Pfizer, Alberto, uh, and they're seen hugging each other as they were both awarded. I don't know what for their <clears throat> amazing Ma- performance during the pandemic. Yeah, Alberto Mengli. Um, wow. Head so, of Pfizer. Uh, yeah, that's so, her person. Did you notice at the very beginning of that? She said, "If you'd asked me two years ago, yeah, it takes a while to figure out what she's saying because she she kind of makes a couple of subclauses. But I think I'm pretty sure my reading of it's correct. She says she is stunned." that a third of the population is not on their sides at this point. Mm. Well, if you'd asked me two years ago that you'd have two thirds, I'd have been surprised, but not anymore after what I've seen the last year. But mm-hmm. um, that, I think, is a genuine expression of surprise of someone in power where they're like, I don't, I don't, it just doesn't compute. We. We're supposed to have a hundred percent. Why are they not complying? Oh, if not hundred percent close to it, you know, yeah. a third of the people. She's genuinely. She, be- by she that believed discovery. that they had much more power. Uh, that they had power over the entire population, and the strength of their propaganda, uh, and the, the methods, you know, the, the influence they have over the population would surely have have 
forced everyone to comply at this point, but I am very, very angry that 150 million people are not obeying my commands. Uh, and a lot of them are kids, like I said. Sometimes I am so angry, I beat up my husband <laughs> when I go home. <laughs> uh, um, and my hand starts to stiffen and I, no, put yes. it down, down, down. <laughs> um, well, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's been, this has been the, all over the place. They're like, they've got reports, you know, the media's got daily nonsense about this. You know, wh why are those people, those anti-vaxxers, they keep making comparisons with Nazi Germany and us. And it's like, yeah, like what's wrong what, with them? What? No, no, you're the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. We're not the Nazis. I'm not allowed to turn it around on us. Um, uh, well, how long is it going to last? Mm. How long is walking to last? This COVID hell year. Yeah, well, the, the, the Brits have opined on that uh, in the Telegraph. Scotty, um, in an article. That's, and it, you know, it's, it's a mention in this article, and it's, uh, but the article headline itself is very interesting. GPs um, are told to drop routine over 75s health checks to speed up COVID booster rollout. So this is uh, protecting the vulnerable. Uh, protecting the elderly. Protect the el elderly vulnerable. What do they mean by drop routine over 75s? Well, just drop, just for, drop them, like, just like. What, just do away with. What, but uh, Neil, understand, over 75s, what does that say? The elderly. And what happens to the elderly? Well, they eventually die. No, not eventually, Neil. They very, die. very soon. So we just we just discard them. But that's always been the case. That's always been the attitude. But the whole reason right for tender? this entire fucking thing was protect the elderly. But that's the ruse. That's the, the bullshit narrative that people were given. That caring, compassionate government cares about the elderly when forever... They have treated the elderly as having one foot in the grave and who gives a shit and dumped them out of the hospital. So they've now so shafted them. They used them for a year and now they're just drop kicking Sorry, them. you're not getting any, any, any you know, routine health checks because, because they want, want to get boosters into your kids. Into the kids. Pretty much. But anyway, that's, that's that article. But if, if, you, if you, that's... Well, look at this. They're being shafted because they want to redirect primary health care into full-time... Yeah. Boosters. Yeah. Just Doctors jabbing. are just going to become booster givers. Just, just yeah. Vaccine forever. machines. And not, not, well, not forever, but for a uh, considerable amount of time uh, to come. Because if you scroll down, it comes under the graph, I think it is. Uh, it comes as documents. So these are documents released by SAGE, the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, which has been directing all of this bullshit, which is just a bunch of backroom bureaucrats and uh, behavioral psychologists who have been directing this entire uh, Pavlovian operation on the population, uh, these people predict that it will take at least another, a further five years for COVID-19 to settle to a predictable endemic state. But that's not all. Next paragraph. The papers by SPY-M, which is a subgroup of SAGE, that's where you know they smoke even more cigarettes in dark rooms than SAGE do, suggest that active management that's a nice phrase. Active management, including booster jabs and testing, could be needed for up to a decade. A decade. Two weeks to flatten the curve. But we couldn't have seen this coming. Protect the elderly. Don't you care about granny? Shut up. Get inside your home. Don't move. 
What are you doing there? Where's your mask? Care granny, stop seeing her. You're killing granny. Your granny's dead to you. You're never going to see her again. Shut up. Well, She's already dead. You can't go to a funeral to protect granny. Yeah. Shut up. Go and hug your granny inside a, paper, inside a, a plastic bag. Oh, no. You killed her. You're evil. You're going to the concentration camp. Uh, you're going to the, the COVID camp. Uh, yeah. Speaking of COVID camps, um, Australia. Oh, fuck. Australia. What is it? You know, you, know, you know what I figured out finally, and I should have figured this out a long, long time ago. Put it up and I'll tell you. This is the COVID, the, the girl. COVID oh, camp. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one do you want to see? Whatever. We want to see her. Okay, so. Um, There's a longer interview with her, and we can, we'll link to it in the description, in the show notes description, in case you haven't oh, yeah, seen, yeah, yeah, seen yeah. it. She does an interview with a, uh, a YouTube video with a guy who asked her about her ordeal. It's a woman, I've forgotten her name, Haley or something. She's interviewed by Freddie Sayers on, right. on her.com. Right. He does great podcasts and stuff. Um, so, in the course of her interview, Freddie Sayers played this clip. Which others extracted and it's kind of gone viral now. Let's have a look. This is footage she took while she was in under mandatory forced two-week quarantine lockdown in a COVID camp. That you have to stand about and obey the rules while you get, yeah. And that we have to go the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you got to wear a mask, yeah. Yeah, right. And you definitely can't go up the fencing route, but you're allowed to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah. Right. So if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence. Why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. That's the problem, yeah? So if I was Again, at that balcony... Have sense, but we always, there has to be lines everywhere. It doesn't have to make sense. There has to be lines. the lines is you cannot leave your balcony and you cannot go to someone else. Where it makes no sense or it doesn't seem right to you, that is the line, and that's what the law is, yeah? And that's how it goes, yeah? The law. It's the law. There's a law that says that. Show direction, yep. There's a show direction, yeah? Show direction. Especially in this area, because it's much more highly infectious, and likely to have infected people, yeah? Highly infectious when all of us people are negative. (laughs) So far. The risk is still very high. Can we just do that? Otherwise, the next time it's a five thousand dollar fine. We don't want to do that. It's a five thousand dollar fine if what? If if you breach again. If if I walk out onto that path without your mask on, with no reason other than the rule. If I cross that yellow line, that I've broken the rule, I will be issued with a five thousand dollar fine. Look at them in their hazmat suits, idiots. I could we could even do that now, but we're giving the warning first. Have a chat with you because. We could just give you a $5,000 fine now. Rather just do the right thing, yeah? Like I said, I'm not here to fight with you. Yeah. I don't want to fight with you. Yeah. I just want everybody to do the right thing. And yeah. unfortunately, do the right thing, sure yeah. Do. I don't think so the, the Germans thing. said. I've got nothing to do with me. I'm just Nazi Germany. Rules, just doing the right thing. So what did that experience make you think? Like, what, what was your feeling about being in that situation with those people in control of your every movement? Oh... Uh, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. You feel like you're in prison. You feel like you've done something wrong. It's inhumane what they're doing. Like you, you are so small. You, they just overpower you, you're and you're literally nothing. Okay, some of the backstory to this. People should probably go and look for this. The whole thing. It's just a twenty-minute interview he did with her. But the backstory is insane. She lives up there in Northern Territory. She moved there to get away from the insane lockdowns in uh, Sydney, Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, last whenever she could in between all the lockdowns she managed to get out she wanted to get out because in the northern territory and other places there were no lockdowns at that point she gets there a friend is 
test positive for some reason she she probably made a mistake somewhere and offered her name and number up no. to track and trace because yeah. her friend tests positive well, no, and she's a contact no, so she, they come around to her house yeah her no her friend tested positive and they followed her friend on CCTV to see who she'd be in contact oh, with oh that's how they and got they her saw her they, stopped they tracked to, stopped to talk to her on her moped on this girl's moped, and they got her ident- her, her who she was right. from her license plate so on her moped, and they posted up at her house and said, "Listen, you were in contact. Do you know this woman? Yes, she tested positive. You're going to COVID camp." Not well, quite. They this, initially asked her, "Have you had right. a recent po- uh, negative PCR test?" She said, and she said, yes. "Yes." She lied, and then they looked in the system. She found that there. she wasn't in the system for having had a negative uh, a test recently. Called her up and said, "You don't, you weren't in the system." She admitted, stay there. We're coming back. She admitted that she lied. Said they were going to come back, and oh no, they said someone was going to come and give her a test. But instead, so, the, the two cops arrived and said, "You're going to COVID camp." And she said, "What about, what about my negative test? It doesn't matter. You're going to COVID camp. Yeah, you can either come with us now and get a five thousand dollar fine, or we can send the happy COVID bus uh, to pick you up, and you won't get the fine, and then you have to go." So she goes. On the, in, in through the gates of uh, Dachau, I mean the cold camp, and uh, on the back of a, of a golf buggy and dumped in her like And no one there tiny, asks her anything. Box. Once you're there, you're not human. There's no human rights. Every Lawyers, day, forget it. When Your hut's got, down here. Yeah. They put her on a golf buggy. Yeah. When guy she, in a hazmat suit. No one wants to go near her. When she gets there, she's given a COVID test. Negative. Doesn't matter. You're staying for 14 days. Every day thereafter, uh, negative COVID test for her and all the, yeah. uh, the others that were there. <laughs> They even said, and she mentioned that they said that if she was to infringe the rules there Again. about leaving her thing, that they would keep her longer. Yes, I think they'll give her another 14 days. She finally got out and she asked around for questions. I hope that God she got a lawyer at this point because she finally got a question from the Austra- uh, an answer from the Australian CDC, mm. kind of off the record because they didn't know either. Someone there on the end of the phone said to her, it sounds most likely to us that the reason you were taken to COVID camp was because you lied and that it was a punishment. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to do with the virus, whether she had it or not. Nothing to do with health. And that isn't even the worst story out of that Howard Springs quarantine camp yeah. this week. The other one is that, uh, fill this up. I have a news report about it, but uh, first we'll just want to have a look at this headline. Was she vaccinated? No. 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 I don't think so. No, I- no, she was. She was. Yep. She mentioned in the interview she was. Double vaccinated. Doesn't matter. Crazy. Um, check out this headline. This is actually before the story broke, before uh, the story about her. Yeah. Teenager from remote, it's the same facility, the same Northern Territory uh, facility, arrested. Oh, look what they call it, the remote NT community. It's a fucking concentration camp. Were arrested after escape uh, from the facility. And oh, you no see there, there's police, they do a checkpoint and they, they find them. Yeah. And they bring them back. It's a manhunt for a bunch of kids. Who had run away from my COVID camp. And officially, this is a voluntary camp, right? Yeah. Here's a news report about it. Um, um, Australian news. La de la. Just here's, here's some more news. Can you imagine like being in Australia and this is just casually reported as news? start with breaking news out of Darwin, where three people have escaped from the Howard Springs COVID quarantine facility. Talia Saab is there for us. Talia, good morning. There's a search underway right now. 
Yes, that's right, Davina. These Good dangerous fugitives. We've been told the trio scaled the fence in the early hours of this morning. Police receiving reports around 4.40am. Now, major police checkpoints have been set up around Howard Springs for the past several hours. As you can see in these pictures, they've been conducting thorough searches in car boots, checking vehicle registrations, cars and buses alike. But in the last half an hour, what we understand is they've actually been dismantled. Exactly why that hasn't been confirmed. Hopefully, good news. We're also not sure yet who these people are connected with, whether it's a repatriation flight or those Aboriginal community members who have been staying here following the Catherine Cluster. Davina, what we do know it's, it's an is that this is definitely going to bring no? this gold standard facility under yeah, don't mention that too loud. scrutiny. On Sunday, we had a man escape and found on Darwin's party precinct. It's, and this uh, situation is only going to put us under the microscope further. Didn't, not good news. Okay, Talia's thing. Not good news, yeah. Terrible. It's kind of like uh, when the slaves off the plantations used to run away and you'd have to go out and hunt them down. With dogs, and, yeah. And bring them back. Only now these modern, drones. It's a modern version <clears> of that. Drag you back into the COVID camp. Well, um, that's, that's Northern BC, Territory. You know, you know who's in charge there? He's the guy yeah, the spitting nutcase. Spitting venom um, guy. Michael Gunner. Yeah. I don't have it to hand. Do you want to hear him? Ah, uh, jeez. I, I don't know if I could stomach it again. Uh, he's such, a, such an angry person. He kind of does look like... What's his name? Your man from history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, f I finally figured out why this has happened in Australia. Because Australia stands out for this kind of... Exceedingly draconian bullshit around COVID. Uh, and they're getting away with it. And But why is it happening in Australia? Australia used to be, not too long ago, a penal colony. Yeah. I'm just reverting back to form. That's what they were set up for. They were a penal colony. So no, it's, it's, it's no wonder that, the, that, the, that they're... You know, there's a... There's just that, just the, the atmosphere has lingered there from, from a couple hundred years ago. Yeah. When prisoners were sent from... Uh, from particularly from the UK and Ireland uh, to, to Australia. Uh, so there's a certain segment of the population that w when this kicked in, they're like, yeah, yeah, that feels normal. That, yeah, yeah. That, that's... No, My ancestors this used is, to... Yeah. And amongst the people as well, most of them are, you know, the children of, uh, a lot of them would be children, descendants of, uh, I'm not going to say criminals, but people who were sent to, uh, for, for penal servitude, you know. Um, so it's just like, it feels natural to them to be locked down in their houses and uh, to have government uh, uh, treat them like they're a bunch of prisoners. Anyway, I'm just joking, sort of. Um, well, it's only a hundred and some years ago that, yeah. But you know the whole thing on the on the vaccines um, and the myocarditis, right? And there's been people out there, conspiracy theorists out there saying... Oh, yeah, I read in the news this week that that's... Well, yeah. conspiracy theorists would say that the vaccines cause myocarditis, nah, right? Nah. I don't think it's the case. And it's finally been confirmed, been confirmed by, by, by the science and reported by the Evening Standards on msn.com. Um, it's a heartwarming pun intended, a heartwarming um, 300,000. It's a heartwarming pun intended uh, message from the science. Thank you, the science. Up to 300,000 people facing heart-related illnesses due to post-pandemic stress disorder. Ah. You see? Then we can put a name on it now. It, it, yeah. it, it, it makes sense. So... When you get it, those of the, uh, for the significantly large, significant number of people who have uh, 
had unusual bouts of myocarditis, you know, for, for their health status and their age and everything over the past few months, uh, you may have thought that just because it happened within a few days of getting uh, your second dose of an mRNA vaccine, it's not. It's the stress from the whole pandemic lockdown business, which the COVID did. Uh, the COVID did the lockdowns and the lockdowns did the myocarditis. I could well believe that um, stress caused by the lockdowns and all the, you know, you can't see any of your family yeah. business could could cause a massive increase in heart issues. Possibly. And it certainly More is compounded by dementia. what's happened this year. Yeah. But it's good to know that it's not the vaccines. Right. That even though there's lots of evidence that, you know, and even admitted by official sources that there in on rare occasions you can have, especially in younger younger males actually, teenage males, that their chances of getting myocarditis after a mRNA vaccine are something like six, seven, eight, well, no, actually it's more. It's maybe a couple of dozen times. It's a large uh, number, greatly increased risk of myocarditis compared to your average risk as a teenage boy of getting myocarditis, greatly, greatly increased risk of, uh, of getting it after the, after the mRNA vaccine. But again, it's, um, it's still very rare. So... Um, it's not the only thing that's very rare. They're saying is causing these explosion of heart issues. The other one is cold weather. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, the cold weather. The cold. The weather. thing is, there is some truth that I actually looked into it. Um, heart attacks do go up during cold season. Yeah, versus summer. They also go up whenever but, you roll out uh, an experimental vaccine. Yeah, what it doesn't do is go up twenty-four times fold. In teenagers. In teenagers, yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, this has been, this is unprecedented. You know, the whole, the way that the whole thing has, has rolled out with this virus just coming on us from a bat, uh, not from a lab, and it just being totally unexpected uh, and, and it causing the overwhelming, the health service and all that kind of stuff. That's totally unprecedented, right? Uh, it's never happened before, except... Uh, Health Service Winter UK JPEG, um, except it's unprecedented. Except for the past ten years. What do those headlines say? Twenty twelve. Zoom in a bit. <coughs> That's good. Right. Twenty twelve hospitals fall to bursting as bed shortage hits hits danger level. Twenty thirteen hospitals scramble to prevent crisis in, in NHS's toughest ever winter. 2014, more patients outstretched doctor, more patients overstretched doctors. Is the NHS facing, facing a winter crisis? 2015, hospital bed occupancy rates hit record high risking care. 2016, hospitals in England told to put operations on hold to free up beds. 2017, NHS bosses sound alarm over hospitals already running at 99% capacity. 2018, NHS intensive care units sending patients elsewhere due to lack of beds. 2019, hospital beds at record low in England as NHS struggles with demand. 2020, same story. But in 2020, we had a different response to that. Rather than the response that we had in all of the previous years, which was go, meh. In 2020, 
everybody was encouraged to collectively crap their pants. Yeah, DEFCON 4. As a result of 24-hour media programming and messaging and propaganda of every single death that could possibly happen anywhere in the country uh, and assigning all of them, whether it was COVID or not, almost, not all of them, but a lot of them to COVID. Um, so, yeah, well, just on that point, I mean, again, I mean, a couple of weeks ago we talked about in France uh, the report from an official French organization that every year puts out a report on uh, activity in French hospitals. And this was discussed in French media openly. No one's questioned it. Uh, the report said, concluded that 2% in 2020, last year, 2% of, of hospital beds. occupancy or hospital yeah, admissions were due to COVID. And yet all of last year in France and in every other country, we were told that the health service was collapsing under the weight of COVID patients. Yeah. And then the report a year later, more than a year later, says 2%. How do you square it? I'm sure somebody can justify it in some bullshitty kind of way and make up some stats and narrativize it in some way that attempts to justify it, but clearly it's not the case because we know <clears throat> what happened last year. <clears throat> and in fact, there's another, uh, the JPEG hospitals.jpeg, Scotty, is a good actual list or rundown of what was actually going on in most hospitals, most most healthcare systems across uh, the world, really, um, because of COVID and the hysteria around COVID, you had a norm, abnormally high staff absence. Thirty in the UK, this was thirty k, thirty thousand out of ninety thousand were 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 at home due to PCR positive isolation. So they just tested positive, had no symptoms, but stay at home. So one third of your staff of your of your hospital staff were told to stay at home for two weeks, and that was a rolling two weeks. So every time you tested positive, go home. Uh, socially distanced and isolated wards, exactly the case. A lot of reports you remember from last year of people going into hospitals and saying, where's the pandemic? This hospital's, this hospital's empty. It's like a ghost town. Why was that the case? It's because they, well, a lot of staff were sent home, but also a lot of, a lot of uh, people were told, were, were, well, they were afraid to go to hospital. They were afraid to leave their homes. They were told to be afraid to leave their homes. And a lot of them were sent home. A lot of the uh, surgeries were canceled. Uh, and they converted hospitals into kind of a one small section of a hospital into the COVID ward, and the rest of it, activity in the hospital was basically mothballed. It was it was it was shut down. Um, another big aspect of the crisis, and that last JPEG we just showed you of those headlines shows that in most, uh, certainly in the European Union, in a lot of countries. Governments have been cutting back on healthcare funding. They've been reducing beds over and over and again, year after year after year. They've been reducing as demand beds. increases as the population increases. They've been reducing beds. So healthcare systems across Europe and, and a lot of other countries in the world are in a terrible state because they're underfunded by the government. So of course you're going to have a crisis at any, any given moment. In fact, under normal circumstances, you have a crisis yeah. for for a lot of people going to hospitals in terms of uh, being able to get treatment. Yeah. Um, so the whole kind of the challenge of, of creating the whole uh, COVID testing with PCR testing and all that kind of stuff, ramped it up and all the PP protective uh, blah, 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 equipment, PP something, whatever PPE. it is. PPE, there it is. Significant PPE and testing extra process, staffing on makeshift wards to increase bed capacity to make up for the, f the fact that there were none. 
uh, or that they'd cut back on it, increase in so seriously unwell patients due to halting and restricting health care since March 20. Increased injury and accidents compared to March, total shutdown. Flu patient protocol replaced with more demanding COVID patient protocol. Um, yeah, they were increasing longer stay, uh, increasing numbers of long stay patients because they didn't want to send them back home or back to care homes. Although they did that in a lot of cases and just dumped them in care homes. Uh, Check out number 15. The NHS was 40,000 short of staff prior to the pandemic. Right. That's why you had all those headlines year on year. Right. So you're 40,000 down already. Then it strikes and a yeah. third are then not home. working. Yeah. That's the reason. It's going on to do with COVID, with, with this virus. And as we know, from the very beginning or soon after the beginning of this nonsense, when governments reacted in, in this hysterical way as if it was some kind of bioterror attack. And in fact, that was, we've talked about that before, that was, that's indicative of, well, that's something that gets closer to the uh, a real fundamental truth about this is that the way governments reacted around the world initially as if it was some they, in fact they did a lot of them activate they didn't say this publicly but a lot of them did activate their bio terror or bio warfare attack protocols we saw that in italy when you had the military coming in and in other european countries as well the military coming in to take bodies away that is, is like one of the core aspects of uh, uh, a bioterror attack protocol where the military takes over and starts removing bodies because these bodies are, well, they're contaminated, right, with this deadly pathogen, right? So there is evidence that governments did react as if it was a bioterror attack. Now, the only way they would think it was a bioterror attack if they got clear evidence or got confirmation from people who looked at this under a microscope that this was man-made. Yeah. That's the only way they would activate a bioterror attack if they said yeah. this is not natural, it's artificial, we don't know what it is, we need to activate DEFCON, whatever, 5120, whatever it is. And, but very quickly, after a month, maximum two months, or even, probably even shorter than that, but let's give them a couple of months, it was very clear that this virus was a nothing burger. Uh, it's a coronavirus, it's a bit more transmissible. It's maybe a little bit more, you know, has maybe a slightly higher mortality rate, whatever. But generally speaking, it's a coronavirus. It's nothing to get worried about. And they knew that. But since then, and so I'm talking about since April, May last year, they ran with the whole hysteria. And this is a deadly pandemic and a deadly virus when they knew it wasn't. And that's, that's absolutely 100% clear. And... People can see that today. People didn't believe us when we were saying that, this, yeah. that last year, but they should believe it now yeah. because we've just heard about Omicron. We talked about it last week. Omicron, Omicron, whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Oh, my God variant. Uh, supposedly out of South Africa, but probably not because it was already found in other countries yeah. before they announced it in South Africa. So they call it South Africa. It's bullshit. These variants, mutations happen all the time and Mutations are invariably deleterious in terms of the efficacy of the virus, i.e. it gets weaker with each mutation. And true to form, at least in South Africa, the woman, the doctor who kind of... ID'd uh, it. ID'd it first, was first to speak up about it, even though it was probably in, it was in other countries. Uh, she said, very mild, gives you a bit of a headache. That was the official story. And, that was, and it was a day of that floating around, and then suddenly... It was used no. to justify DEFCON yeah. minus one. De yeah. DEFCON, 
this is we got to do we got to do something to stop the spread of omicron it's dangerous ireland has just recently on the basis of that ireland for example has uh, announced that for a month so over the whole christmas period until end of january uh, all night all nightclubs closed uh, 50% capacity in restaurants and bars social distancing in restaurants and bars uh, all sorts of sort of you know, semi lockdown procedures on the basis of that now Somebody please explain to me how uh, w- w- how can you not smell a rat with that whole situation? How can you not respond to that and go, w- w- what do you mean? Why are you doing that on the basis of... No one has said that this so-called new scariant is uh, something to, to be concerned about. Yeah. They said the opposite. Well, so why are you... Funny you say of concern. That's exactly well, what they did say. Concern, the official... Yeah. WHO statement was something like, this is fine, we don't know what it does yet, blah, 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 mealy mouth, but it's of concern. And, and they just took that, of concern, and other sources, the CDC in the United States, Fauci has been all over the media again this week about Omicron, of concern, of concern, of concern, of concern. You just repeat that bland statement, of concern, enough. That Given means- all that's come before, that's all they have to say. And they'll get away with it, like in a court of law, if you to test them now on Right, okay, state of play right now. Is this or is not a deadly variant? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, no. Like, like, refer to what I just said. And he'll, be, he'll, he'll get away with it. He'll say, you know, he, he, he indeed did not say anything that would, could plausibly be seen in a court of law as causing hysteria or undue damage to anyone else. But it's, it, this thing is running on this inertia. They, they don't need to make but, any scary statements anymore. Right. They just need to say, of concern. <laughs> so more lockdowns and more restrictions yeah. and more vaccine mandates on the basis of nothing. How can people not see that? How can people not see? Who doesn't? How many people? That, that's, that's what's getting them. We know now that a third of the European it, Union as a whole is yeah. not vaccinated. But as they push it further and further, as they, as they come up with more, more and more implausible yeah. explanations or reasons why they need to continue lockdowns, you know, how many people are... Who, who's going to be left... What bunch of kind of brain-dead people out there who can't, don't know shit from Shinola, you know, yeah. uh, don't know their arse from their, elbow, from their elbow, how many of those are out there type of thing, you know, who, who will say, well, the government says we should lock down because, you know, stuff. Well, so I'm going to On the basis follow. of Omicron in Ireland last week during the freeze, you know, which hit there much harder than it did here, mm. the government announced that all schools, all all schools, doesn't matter what age they are, three years old, 10 years old, 18 years old, had to open every single, well, open at least one window in yes, every classroom. single classroom. <laughs> the kids weren't allowed to wear coats. Why? Because you have to wear a school uniform in most of the schools. No coats. Coats outside. The coats have always been outside. That's an old rule. We can't just break that rule just because of the COVID. But they get into the classroom. It's freezing. They're frozen. They're cold. They get sick. They want to go home. By the end of last week, something like a third, a third of the entire country's school children went home sick because the windows had to be cracked open because we must circulate the air because of this new variant. Not, That's my question. Who, were the parents going along with this? Yeah, who are they? They, yeah. they see the physical harm. Call, and by the way, the Irish government just announced this is also brand new last week to fight COVID general, not on the basis of Omicron. All kids in all those classrooms freezing their nuts freezing their excuse me they're yeah. frozen cold must all wear a mask for the first time 
Right. That's been elsewhere in other countries and other districts, but nationwide in Ireland, all school children are now wearing masks. So there's no justification for, for that, those measures, right? No plausible justification for it. You can't even get a plausible justification for they it. They won't give you one. They don't, and for the mandates, for, for mandating, for segregating unvaccinated, from locking down unvaccinated, from preventing them from uh, participating in society, and then trying to force unvaccinated people to actually you know, find them if they don't get a vaccine, what's the justification for that? Justification for that is I haven't read anything specific. I haven't heard anything anybody give a clear, concise explanation as to what your problem is with unvaccinated people. All all I get is that there's some vague idea that maybe unvaccinated people are causing mutations. Have you heard that? Yeah. That, that's the only reason, right? Yeah. I, you, that's what they were saying all summer. Right. Uh, they don't refer to that anymore. It's, that see, that messaging is done, so to speak. But, that, so it's not, it's not just it's like... now it's, pushed back in the unconscious. It's an everybody knows situation yes. right now, right? Where yeah. It's just everybody knows. Yeah. There's no more thinking needed. It's just everybody knows that this is the way things are. Yeah, it's, we've been through all that. We explained that last summer. Right, but yeah. And as it develops, it doesn't matter if things change. And just you, carry on. You saw how... Think back to our reports on this during the summer. You know, we'd had a warning from YouTube about, you know, medical misinformation. So we were trying to say, okay, so officially what they're saying is Here's their claim. They want to push the vaccines harder because, uh, slash everyone must get vaccinated, because it looks like, because they never quite claimed it outright. They, they said it looks like mutations are occurring in the unvaccinated. And so we had to deal with that claim, you know, take it in a, and say, well, maybe that's not the case. Have you considered there's maybe other? We couldn't just go say that's bullshit at the time. because well, it, well, we could have and we did, I think, or, or certainly we intimated it because you throw up Quantum Magazine and this has been around for, this is just one example of many scientific, this is a report, uh, but this is one of many um, reports of different types, either pure uh, uh scientific papers or reports in those scientific papers, vaccines are pushing pathogens to evolve. Just as antibiotics breed resistance in bacteria, vaccines can incite changes that enable diseases to escape their control, i.e. viruses. Um, so you don't need to read the article, but basically that's standard, the science, right? That it's been known for a very long time that vaccines, when you vaccinate in the presence of a circulating virus, that you force it to mutate. Now, again, the thing is that mutations, generally speaking, are deleterious. They reduce function of, of the original virus and it becomes less transmissible and less uh, virulent, less, uh, less of a problem. But if you throw up, uh, there's another angle to this in terms of vaccinations uh, and viruses. If you throw up the, um, the PubMed one that was just before that, I think, uh, this is just one. You can look at this. There's plenty of others that show this. It talks about recombination. There's a different thing uh, to mutations, driving mutations through um, through kind of uh, vaccine resistance. This is recombination of vaccines, which is basically, basically the idea that whenever you uh, introduce uh, a vaccine or vaccinate, you know, introduce a virus, basically, uh, especially mRNA viruses because of the way they act and spread around the body um, into cells as well, uh, that, that they can recombine or can combine with the virus that, that is in the vaccine, can yeah. combine with other viruses and produce a, a more virulent strain. So this is, it's kind of like the, this is the, this is the, the reality of, of what people think 
Not so uh, much. Mutations do. Yeah. Mutations are deleterious. But yeah. recombination is, is actually is, a new is, virus. Is like gain, no, it's like gain of function. It's, it's one where you can actually... Happening act. organically in the body. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, this one was for pigs, uh, basically a virus uh, that had, you know, it was pretty da- devastating to pig populations whenever it spread through the pig population. And this study shows that when they vaccinated the pigs against this porcine reproductive and respiratory syndrome, PRRS, with a, a strain of that in a vaccine that it produced an entirely new strain, like a new virus effectively, mm. that was much deadlier than yeah. the original one. That's why I, I, That's I stress new virus. I suppose yeah. because all people are hearing about is variants, right. which are the natural, naturally increasingly deleterious versions that kind of spread it out and make it less. Yeah. That's a new variant of SARS-CoV-2. But here you're talking about the recombination yeah. of a virus that would not be SARS-CoV-2. It would be a new class. It would be its own. It would be SARS-CoV-3. It would be something, something it would like be, that. It would, it would still be, be the same virus, but it would be souped up basically with but by a combination of 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 you know yes. very effective aspects. A retrovirus of, of, that of somebody is carrying because yeah. we're all we're, yeah. we're like, our body's forty percent virus or yeah. more or something. like it's that. It's basically gain of function happening naturally, but yeah. again, it's not natural because <laughs> it's it's exactly the same. When you do gain of function in a lab, right? Which they did on this coronavirus uh, to release it, probably in Fort Detrick, they were doing gain of function research. They released it into the public. Uh, they with because <clears throat> when it happens naturally as a natural function of uh, interaction with your people's immune systems, when uh, viruses are challenged by people's immune systems and they mutate, they become less effective at infecting. They become worse. They become crappier viruses. Right? That's, that happens nearly all the time. It's very very rare that anything will have a gain of function naturally in that situation. Yeah. The only way you get gain of function is with intelligent design. Basically, we have a human being who tweaks a virus to deliberately make it better or worse, let's say, more virulent, more transmissible than the original virus. That can happen naturally in a way, but again, it's not natural because it's pretty much the same thing. When they do the gain-of-function research in a lab, uh, it's the same as the same process more or less happens uh, as when you take a vaccine that you've made in a lab, inject it into someone, and it combines in their bodies, mm. in their cells, with another virus. And then you can get a gain of function happening, quote unquote, naturally, but it's not natural because there's an intelligent aspect of it, a human intelligence, by injecting the vaccine uh, that was designed in a lab into the body. Yeah. So it's a gain of function research in a lab and in the body. Both of them involve vac- vaccines, essentially, or, or human designed viruses or human tweaked viruses. The vaccine is a human tweaked virus, it combines in your body with an existing virus. And people can do that in a lab and scientists do it all the time in gain of function research where they add something to a virus in a lab to make it more transmissible or make it human transmissible as in the case of SARS-CoV-2 they take a bat virus or a virus that was only seen in bats before and they take it add what's it called the, the, the furin cleavage site yeah. that made it possible to infect human, uh, humans yeah. rather than just bats so that's a real that's a real just, danger just, with, it, with the whole vaccination just before we campaign. came on we listened to Look, it was an interview with an epidemiologist on French TV, mm. and the gist of well, the, the analogy when the presenter was pushing back on his, you know, warning about the dangers of viral recombination, he said, "Look, uh, your analogy of the likelihood of this happening being so low, it's like winning the lottery." <laughs> There's a problem with that analogy. If you push the vaccine on everyone, you're massively increasing the odds of someone lottery winners win. out there, and, and thereafter. 
okay, so you've only got a few instances out there and the billions of people have been vaxxed. But it's not then just an isolated case, well, we'll find it and contain it. No, it's a new virus. It will escape your containment measures and or your vaccine. It will have vaccine yeah. escape because it's no longer SARS-CoV-2 variant number XYZ. It's now SARS-CoV-3. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing. No one yeah. has defense. There's no defense, no natural antibodies, no vaccine against it. Right. You've unleashed a different right. beast. Yeah, yeah. His analogy of the lottery was that imagine you have a lottery and you know six number lottery in one country or something like that, but you gave everybody in the world a ticket. Right. How many winning numbers? How many winning lottery tickets are you going to have? How many many people are going to pick the right numbers? A lot more than if you reduce it and limit it to a number of people. And that's why he was saying it's his responsibility to try and reduce that number by not being vaccinated. He's doing his civic duty to not contribute to the chances of this right. happening by staying <clears throat> unvaccinated. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was a good part. The presenter just cut him off when he was trying to give a scientific explanation of viral combination. Said, "Have you been vaccinated?" By the way, mm. put him on the spot. You know, and he goes, "No," and he goes, "Why?" He says, <laughs> and he, like, and he says, "Well, here's why. Yeah. I'm doing my bit, my I social do. responsibility. Yep. The lower the chances of us increase, you know, unleashing a a, 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 a mutant, yeah. a, a super mutant." Which brings us back to Geert van den Bosch's warning that doing this during the pandemic is going to create vi- viral escape. And then we'll seriously be screwed. And that's it was my, I mean, I'm the layman, right? My first, at the very beginning of this was no, because it, it, this is going, this is going to, it's going to have two negative effects. One, it's going to add to the chances of viral recombination of producing a mutant freak, which really is more dangerous than the seasonal flu. And two, if I take it to do my part in cause, I'm less able to defend myself in that scenario. Yeah. Somebody has to survive to turn on the, uh, you know, push the button on the nuclear power station to keep the, keep the lights on, you know? <laughs> if, <laughs> everybody else, well, if everybody else falls ill, you know, with some new virus, yeah. there's got to be some people as a result of, 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 of the vaccine because there is an aspect to it that, that the vaccine itself, especially mRNA vaccines, are fine-tuning or honing your immune system to look specifically only at the spike protein, thereby reducing your, your normal broad-spectrum immunity, the way your immune system works naturally against the viruses, which it takes a broad look at the whole virus and, and develops immunity to all different parts of it. So if any of those parts appear anywhere else in any other virus, it'll know to attack them. But if you train your immune system to only look for the spike protein, uh, then you're limiting its 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 scope of action or its scope of of, of defense against uh, it's 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 not it's not prime it's not prime it's depriming it essentially in, in in the way that it's been optimized naturally. Uh, so yeah, people there is a risk that people who are actually vaccinated, especially with the mRNA vaccines, are setting themselves up to be in a vulnerable position to some kind of a new recombined uh, virus down the road. Um, if, if we ever do need people to take over the nuclear plants, I'm your man. Because I've yeah. watched that Chernobyl TV show. I know, you not, know not what not. not. <laughs> Don't push all the buttons at once. <laughs> yeah. Don't push the big red one. You've got to make sure that the rods don't go come out. in and out too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to pull them. But fine, I'll, I'll handle yeah. it. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got steady arms. I can, yeah. you know. You could, yeah, you could go in there in your lead suit or something and pull the rods out yourself if there's, <laughs> if there's a, a meltdown happening. Uh, like Spock in, uh, what was that Star Trek movie? Yeah, you'd be like Spock. Uh, but he survived, so it's all good. Anyway, um, last word on polls. Funny thing on polls. Uh, the Polish people? No, polls, P-O-L-S. 
uh, dw.com that's develt uh, the world in german uh, majority of germans in favor of mandatory covid vaccine <sighs> according to polls Maybe, maybe well, true, maybe not. Here's my question. The Swiss just had a vote on this, yeah. an actual honest-to-God referendum poll. Supposedly two-thirds, again, it does reflect the official stats on two-thirds of Europeans having taken the vaccines. Is that poll then accurate? Was the Swiss referendum legit? Two-thirds of them said, uh, govern me harder, Daddy. The govern, Swiss, govern they love harder. their freedom. They love a bit of governing. Uh, MSN.com, um, in Massachusetts anyway, Residents support COVID vaccine mandates from employers and schools. Will vaccinate children. <laughs> will vaccinate. Uh, Have children. Will jab. Uh, and then if you just go to COVID Jesus France, Christ. JPEG, uh, this one, though, throws a bit of a doubt over the whole thing because uh, if you read, so that looks like 60% of public polls support lockdown for non-vaccinated. But then you read the subheading and it's many unvaccinated people, 40% of those polled also said they would be in favour of such a move. <laughs> Lock me down. So, Govern yeah, me harder, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't want to take the vaccine, Yeah, but I want to be locked down yeah. for not taking the vaccine. And vilified and isolated from society. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit of uh, sadomasochism maybe or something going on there. People wanting to be abused in some way. Like I can could, kind of it, understand the sentiment avoid the, in that... Yeah. I don't want that. I don't have to do with their society. They've turned the culture to shit. I don't really want to be engaged. Yeah, but would it. you? If would you? Would you want to be be locked down? Would you? Would you push the button for yes? Lock me down because I'm not vaccinated. Ah, no, no. But I don't mind that they voluntarily keep away from me. Oh, those ones. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. But I still want. I still want to be able to go out and uh, do so things. I just find it difficult to believe that poll in particular. That okay, sixty percent. That's dodgy. Of those polled, That's definitely dodgy. Sixty percent of maybe the vaccinated people said yeah, lock down the unvaccinated. But forty percent of the unvaccinated said yeah, lock me down too. I agree with him. He, I should be locked down. I'm a danger to society. Lock me down now, for my own for my own safety. Um, who knows. Why don't you just I, lock, lock yourself down? What do, you, what do you need the government to tell you to lock down for? Just lock yourself down if you feel that way about it. Um, I, d I doubt the Swiss referendum result. Just a hunch. Yeah. No, I have nothing to go well, on. Well, I seriously doubt all of these polls. Like The polls, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, in, in the current context, in the current climate, you can't really believe anything that comes out of government. Because, I mean, they're all saying that they're putting all these Look measures at the size in place. of the protests. But, but yeah, and they, put, they say specifically that they're putting all these lockdown or, or segregation measures in place in order to force people to get vaccinated. You know, so it's the, the, the locking down isn't about health anymore. They've almost recognized that segregating people and telling people to stay in their homes isn't about stopping the spread because they recognize that they must recognize because everybody else recognizes that people are vaccinated, spread and transmit, or carry and transmit the, as much virus as unvaccinated people. So it, there's no point in locking down the unvaccinated there in terms of stopping the spread. They're, every vaccinated and unvaccinated are spreading as much uh, 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 as each yeah, other. Yeah. So, and we've just debunked the idea that unvaccinated people are causing mutations because, and especially if you look at the Omicron thing, the the woman in South Africa who discovered the first four people, there, all of them were, the four of them were all vaccinated. So if it came from them, which it didn't, but even going with that narrative, it f further pokes holes in the idea that the vaccinated are somehow not uh, spreading or even causing mutations or whatever. Uh, so there's no reason to, for health reasons, there's no reason to lock down or segregate unvaccinated people. 
the only reason to impose those threats that you're going to be prevented from going to, to you know, restaurants and bars and engage in society, the only reason to impose that threat on unvaccinated people is so they get vaccinated. For what purpose? We don't have a reason. But there is no reason at this point that we can find or that I've seen anywhere. There's no epidemiological There's no reason. health reason no. to force people to get vaccinated. So there's some other reason. And the first protocol in that respect is money. Right, we just looked at Ursula van... Von der Leyen. Von der Leyen. Her husband, actively yeah. the director of medicine for a company that is selling these products. Yeah. And she wants to force people to buy these products, basically. Well, okay, use that's, public money. Yeah, that's from the top. But from the bottom, is there this... I, you said at the outset of the show you wanted you had a you wanted to talk about what's motivating people. Mm. You, you've done it a bit in past shows. Do you have some new insight on that? Um, there's probably a lot to it. I mean, some people. I mean, there's a, there's a term. I don't know people probably know listen to this probably know the term trans marginal inhibition. Um, it's basically the it's well known. It, it goes back to Pavlov and his experiments. Pavlov did experiments on humans as well as dogs. He's well known for his experiments on dogs, where he subjected them to, to electric shocks. He was a Soviet scientist, was he? Yeah. A bit sadistic. Yeah. Uh, but he did it on humans as well. And it's about conditioning uh, animals or humans to pain. And he found that organisms, different organisms, different people had different levels of tolerance. He said the most basic inherited difference among people was how soon they reached this shutdown point and that those quick to shut down have a fundamentally different type of nervous system. So this might explain, at least for some people, just there's some people that are very kind of like fragile nervous systems and that the whole, especially last year in March, April, May and the fear and loathing and terror and, you know, uh, that, that people were subjected to had an effect, had a, an enduring effect on people. Um, that 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 has they were conditioned given into relieving the stress by saying yes sir yes sir at each step. Well, they just go into like a, a f kind of freeze state, if you know what I mean, and um, <clears throat> they kind of uh, it, it ends up like <clears throat> post traumatic stress disorder. They're, they're made almost perpetually kind of nervous. Their their underlying nervous disposition was being brought out brought to the fore because of this, you know, this targeted. Uh, uh, fear-based messaging and the inculcation of fear within within them, and it was just too much for their stress, their, their nervous systems, and they have a kind of nervous breakdown of, of one description or another, and then that has kind of very uh, long-lasting effects. Especially when you apply later, even months later, when you apply the same kind of stimulus, they will go back into that kind of fight or flight kind of response where there's no thinking and it's just emotional responses are doing whatever they can to alleviate the the, uh -huh. the, st the stress that they're feeling. And of course, government is offering the answers as to how to alleviate that stress is giving them. Uh, but of course it doesn't. So it's almost like sadistic on the part of the government where it's not actually trying to help those people. It's actually repeatedly or periodically subjecting subjecting them to the, the original stimulus that created this response within them. And then every few months, they're told in different ways uh, something they're, they're programmed again with a bit of fear to re-evoke uh, that that uh, that fear-based response, which again it just shuts them down. And Pavlov's experiments with with dogs and people, the dogs just went into. Uh, uh, it's interesting because the dogs obviously just go into a kind of like a state where 
I just they're always, alert. They're awake. Their yeah, eyes are open. Yeah, but they're they also stop, not there. They stop responding. Catatonic. They stop responding state. to the, to the, to the. But interestingly, they actually there's a there's an inversion of it, um, where they actually it's uh, yeah the paradoxical phase, where small small stimuli receive major responses. Right. So there's three stages, right? Equivalent phase when the response matches the stimuli. So you subject a person to electric shock and they jump up and go, what the hell was that? Oh, uh, and that's normal. But then you continue to do it periodically and then you get into a paradoxical phase where uh, it's called quantity reversal, where a small stimuli receives a major response. So you just touch people on the arm, no electric shock, and they freak out. Yeah. Or a major um, stimuli, so you subject them to a serious shock and they have a... Uh, uh, no response, you know. So it's a complete inversion of the way people are, are should be programmed to response. Like if, if I just touch you on the arm, you shouldn't freak out. But if I take a four by four and whack around the side of the head, you should respond respond quite strongly. Yeah. But you do the opposite. I touch you on the arm and you freak out as though I just hit you with something. Yeah. But when I hit you with something, you just kind of like carry on and go, "This is fine." Right. Now put the, play, place that into society today and what's going on. Right. Yeah, they're kind of. They've, uh, well, they've actually, been put third, into an altered state. There's a third one, ultra paradoxical, the final stage, which, and this is interesting as well, is associated with quality reversal, where negative stimulation results in positive responses. Ah, you start to govern want me, it. Govern, govern me, me harder, govern daddy. Govern me harder, daddy. Right, right. So, I mean, it's very interesting. And that's, that's obviously just the Wikipedia page on it. It's quite short, but there's a whole, there's an awful lot of long-standing literature on TMI, transmarginal inhibition, post-traumatic stress disorder, and all the, and the way, I mean, they've had, with wars and all that kind of stuff over the past 100, 100 years anyway, they've had lots of opportunity to study this and to write up on it. And, they can, and I'm surprised that more people haven't actually gone into this and looked at, at, at this kind of conditioning and... I mean, when it happens uh, through, quote-unquote, natural causes, war or some kind of trauma that just befalls people and how they respond to it and draw the comparison to uh, what's happening today and then look at it not in the context of COVID just befalling people as if it was a war or something like that or some kind of natural catastrophe, but rather how the government is continuing to impose these uh, uh, trauma-inducing measures beyond any reason on the population and you start to see that actually the government is doing this on purpose mm. to the people in order to condition them in this way that they effectively uh, well they become just like reaction machines and they can be they're, they're puppets I mean they can be made to react well, a lot of them can be made to react in a, in a very predictable way yeah and, the, uh, and that's control and that's what we've been saying all along is that governments are not in the business of helping people or looking after people they're in the business of controlling people mm. always have been and it means that a lot of people at the outset were fragile yes there's it, it varies among the population it depends on the person's natural uh you know nervous system just their natural constitution you know but the real horror of it is what is the science the science that underpins all of this the key philosophical tenet of science today is scientific materialism, which is the survival of the fittest. They would see it as, mm -hmm. what would a materialist would say, well, if you're that fragile and weak, see ya. Because they've shafted the elderly, they're going to shaft people stage by stage, group after group, and you're going to see like what they really think by mm -hmm. the end of this, what they really think of. 
yeah, well, people. Yeah, and it's interesting to consider it in terms of psych- this kind of psychological conditioning that people have been subjected to over the past 18 months, but also the kind of conditioning that they're doing to people's immune systems, which I just which I talked about about 10 minutes ago, how the, the vaccines may be conditioning people's immune systems to be less, more fragile and less uh, robust yeah. than they naturally would be. And they're doing that uh, at a psychological level and they're even doing it with vaccines, I would suggest. The two at, probably at, go at hand a, in hand, don't at they? At internal uh, immune system level, yeah. Health, basically, your natural human health. Yeah, it's all pretty... I mean, as we, as we go through this process of trying to figure out what's really going on and looking at it from an objective point of view and not, you know, unencumbered by the belief that uh, the government is our mommy and daddy and they must be good. Uh, we can never believe that the government would ever do something. We don't have any prejudices in that respect. We simply look at the situation uh, almost like outside observers or anthropologists, if you know what I mean, to a certain extent. We try to anyway. Uh, and the more we look at it, uh, and as time goes on, it seems to be that, that our analysis of it, that it's abusive, that people are in a, an abusive relationship with government, that that it's abusive parents, basically. They're not nice people. That that is being borne out. That uh, hypothesis is being borne out. That that is actually what what we're dealing with. If you look at it objectively, but many people can't look at it objectively because they have a, a deep seated emotional need to feel that the authority in their life is a good authority. It has to be a good authority. Imagine you had to live under an evil authority. I mean, it would actually be a lot better if the governments were openly evil. You know, they all kind of like don black hats and you know. Did every now and again? We're going to, you know, we're going to punish you. You know, uh, if they were open about it, people would be able to respond a lot better. And people have talked about that, and people we know who lived under uh, the Soviet system and stuff. It was they said that the difference then was that people knew everyone knew that it was bullshit. Yeah. They knew all of the missives were nonsense, and knew that it was all just lies, and they just went along and everybody. Think complied just enough not to get beaten or yeah. thrown in jail. Right, which isn't very nice, but it's arguably better <laughs> in a certain sense. Oh, yeah, they will also say they were much more free then than they are now. Than what's going on today with people believing that an abusive parent, i.e. government, is actually working in their best interest or loves them. That's not a good place to be. can't think of... Yeah. From a societal point of view, I can't think of much, much worse, you know. Anyway... So it's all been uh, happy and pink, See, fluffy unicorns dancing We ended up doing COVID the whole show. No, it didn't. Yeah, we did. And there are other things Tiki happening. Tiki torches, the, what's going on? The Maxwell trial began. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> There's no great revelations, but it's weird because the Daily Mail, in parallel, published a report this week based on FOIA request. I think they discovered uh, Jeffrey Epstein... Is still alive. No. On the moon with Elvis. Together with Ghislaine Maxwell, visited the White House 17 times. Under Bill Clinton. In the first two well, yeah. years of his. Slick Willie. Slick Willie. Who else was he going Who the hell was Jeffrey Epstein in 1992 and three and four? He's been around a long He time. had just been, he had just fled just before, went to trial. He somehow got away with it. A massive Ponzi scheme collapse. Mm-hmm. He had no, he wasn't the Mr. Big Shot then. Uh, says further down. Thought he got a shoe into the White House somehow. He got a shoe in. Do you want to know how? It says in the report. Mossad. Israel. Kind of. Kind of. ADL. British socialite Lynn Forrester. Who is? Introduced. Jewish. uh, Jeffrey Epstein 
to Bill Clinton, then newly pre- new president. Lynn Forrester, they left out the second barrel in a double barrel surname. Lynn Forrester Rothschild. Oh, Jesus. Wife, See, now you're way down the rabbit hole there. See lady, you later. Also known as Lady the Rothschild, wife of the top dog in the family. Mm. So, yeah, Israel, sort of. Yeah. Sort of. You will not replace <laughs> us. <laughs> we start with the Jews nice. and ends up with the Jews, and we didn't even talk about the Jews. <laughs> well, that's the way it always goes, right? And they're just there in the background, you know. Uh, is that going to get us banned from YouTube? Shh. We're just remove that last part. Uh, we're not saying anything about we're this. Just, we're just saying. The Daily Mail said this, and we're just noting yeah. that they said it. We're not but saying, is, but we're just saying. That's crazy. He was because he was a nobody then. Yeah, no, he but really was. He got his money. Late. He was introduced. He had already become Lex Luther. Lex uh, Wexner's. Yeah. He was an oligarch in Ohio. Yeah. He was his money man. But he's only like a year on the job. Yeah, but all you need is a, is a recommendation from someone like uh, Rothschild and boom. But then how, what justifies 17 visits in two years? They don't say, of course, but that's... Because everyone knows that Clinton was on the Lolita Express mm. 26 times after no, he left just give, from 2000. I, I already said this, I think, previously, but the broad explanation of what Epstein was up to was that, yeah, Ponzi scheme beforehand, but basically a financier and a financial, he's basically financial advisor to the rich and famous, right? That's what he's been doing for the past 20 years. Yeah. Financial advisor to the rich and famous. He spreads, his name gets spread around. Hey, have you talked to Epstein about that? Because you know, Panama Papers, offshoring, all that kind of stuff. He was facilitating yeah. that for all of these people. Beyonce, all the people you see on the list, and you go, oh my God, Beyonce is a pedophile, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is a pedophile, and Tom Bro- Hanks. Tom Hanks is a pedophile. Um, no, they weren't. They're interested in doing what all of them were doing, as the Panama Papers and others showed. Keep the tax man at bay. And it's all legal. So they could all do it. They're all good, good people. But, of course, you have the Ghislaine. Is that her name, Ghislaine? Ghislaine. I Ghislaine. Think silent Maxwell, person. her father, Mossad. Oh, yeah, her father. Uh, Israeli intelligence rings within the U.S., of which there are many spread diffusely like a cancer uh, I shouldn't say that. spread diffusely like, <laughs> like a network like an octopus oh shit like a like like a like an organized network an organized crime an o- no no uh, just a network <laughs> just a nice network throughout American politics has been for a very long time we talked about JFK last week uh, and Israel a little bit um, but anyway so for, for a very long time and that is one way that they collect uh, gain influence over American politics is through connections, meeting people, getting tie-ins with people by doing them favors, offshoring their money to bank accounts, finding out if they have any particular predilections for young boys or girls or even teenage boys or girls or whatever. As you do. All sorts of opportunities for blackmail. You don't need it. You just collect it. Full spectrum dominance, total information awareness, as much as possible. Get on everybody because you never know when you need it, right? Mm. And um, and the people and, and you present yourself as just uh, wanting to help uh, help somebody mutually. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's all good, you know. We make some money, it's all good. Yeah. And then you find out afterwards that oh, you know, we have some dirt on you. Um, it's really not a mystery. That's the way. That's what that was what episode was about, of course. Yeah. And of course, that's why he was offed. You know what I mean? Because 
it goes deeper than that, obviously, in the kind of stuff he was up to and what all of the, a lot of the politicians and stuff that were associated with him were up to. Meeting Bill Gates five times. Yeah, it wouldn't look good, basically. And it doesn't even have to be paedophilia. You know what I mean? It can be anything. I mean, imagine how exposed a lot of those people would be. People think it's always paedophilia, but it's like if a sitting politician was shown to have had an affair with an 18-year-old girl uh, that he met at Epstein's house, it's legal. Mm-hmm. He's just accused of adultery, but he, it's loses, a bad he loses his job. Yeah. So that's more than enough to yeah. pro- to, to, for leverage. Or even to, be na- even to have just gone right. to the house yeah, yeah, where sure. all those other things have yeah. taken place. Yeah. yeah. So that's him, yeah. A couple of other minor items. CNN fired Chris, Chris Cuomo. Awesome. Um, the Waukesha driver who mowed down all those people two weeks ago. That was an SUV. He got an interview with the local Fox News channel and he said he feels demonized oh, by right. all the negative attention. So the best response I saw to that was a guy called Dermot M on Twitter. He says, that's because people keep calling him a car. <laughs> <laughs> Rum, rum. <laughs> They're assuming his uh, his identity, his gender identity. What if he identifies as a car? Finally, Donald Trump was right again. Number 1,676 times. Yeah, 1776. Interesting, I chose that number unconsciously because he warned when they were starting to take down statues two years ago, look, where's this going to end? Are they going to take down Thomas Jefferson next? And people were like, what? <laughs> no. No, never. No, only the people who lost in the Civil War, of course. You know, the real racist. Well, lo and behold, New York Post, the Thomas Jefferson statue was removed from New York City Hall after 187 years because of his connections to slavery. Awesome. So, yeah, one of the founders of the country wrote the freaking Constitution, which kind of tells you a lot about what they think about the Constitution at this point. You know, yeah. no, he wrote that thing. Get him out of here. Yeah. So. We're in a. We're in the after times. That was the before times. After times. Post-truth, post-fact, post-constitution, post-legal anything. They yeah. all know it's completely illegal. Finally, the uh, first minister in Wales was caught in a hot mic. We won't play it. Maybe we'll play it next week. But uh, he was caught in a hot mic saying, oh, shit. He's talking to his advisor next to him, right? He's saying, <clears throat> they're discussing the legislation. They're about to basically another lockdown. And he says to the advisor to his side, he says, so... What happens if some bright spark figures out or asks the question whether this is should as in law is law or should as in advice? advice? And the advisor goes, well, they're, uh, already, they're already asking, asking that. And he goes, oh, shit. Yeah. They know this is bluff. Yeah. They know there's not a legal ground for, the, for this to stand on. It doesn't matter whether you're the UK, the US, Europe, or Australia. Mm. Like it's all of us anti-constitutional. That guy in the camp. It's the law. There is no law. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely illegal. So you comply uh, if you want to, basically. Uh, you only comply out of ignorance, basically. If you understand the situation, then you don't if comply. You, and if you find yourself in a predicament where you, you just couldn't get away from a fine or some other punitive measure, you, you do your damnest to get a lawyer, yeah. lawyer up, mm-hmm. and you will have your day in court eventually, and you'll win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People even, even the White House is losing in court yeah. with what it wants to do. Yeah. People don't understand that they don't have to be part of this reality that they're attempting to foist on us. You just you either choose to be part of it or you choose not to be part of it. And there is a big element of choice. But that choice has to be informed, informed you know, uh, or, or you can only really make that choice when, you're, when you inform yourself about the entire situation and the reality of the situation. Then it's much more easy to make the choice to not be part of it because who wants to be part of a clown show? It's a joke, you know? Yeah. 
uh, you want to take the the big top tent and the clowns and 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 you know the rolling around with squirty flowers and stuff. You want to believe that's all real? Then go ahead. If you really think that's real, fine. But if you have any sense, it's a clown show, and uh, you need to see it in that way. And then you don't actually, you know, you don't put on your big red wig and your giant shoes and uh, become a clown yourself. Yeah, you sit back, watch the clowns. Go. That was nice. <laughs> Wonder what they'll do next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. What will so they do next? We will see. It'll. Well, it's going to be Christmas soon. Is it? No. Uh, a few weeks later. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Lockdowns. Christmas lockdowns, yeah. Maybe. No Boris Santa. is going to announce on the 18th. Santa's gay. Santa's gay in Norway? Yeah. yeah. Gay yeah. Santa in Norway. He's making that with your your daddy? Yeah. Just, yeah, be careful on Christmas Eve. We'll, we'll give another warning uh, closer to the time, but if you're in Norway or maybe anywhere else. Cause and you Santa's see a ever, man with a big beard and a red hat stay away. No, if you see him kissing your daddy. Unless just, you're inclined that way, of course. Yeah, don't be surprised, you know. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, post post truth uh, post uh, it's the after times that was before times it was before times when Santa was straight now he's gay in the after times it's all good uh, we'll be back uh, thanks for is there anything in the chat room mm, you don't nah, you weren't watching it not really I saw an, Anita say she's <laughs> hearing from lots of people who, ha- who were vaxxed once or twice over the last year they're like, I ain't doing that ever again. So yeah. based on what they've learned since or what they've directly felt from the shots. Traveler Ryan came up with a good uh, explanation or a good description there of the, the, the Jewish, the Israeli networks in, in America. Instead of a, an octopus or cancer, it's like a cancerous octopus. <laughs> I think that's, that's better. It, it strikes a, a, a more reasonable note. Uh, more evil accents, please. Evil accents. We did mostly German accents. Are you saying something about the Germans? Terrible. Um, for Germans. Okay. So right. anyway, listen, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks uh, for keeping the chat going and, you know, liking and watching and listening, whatever you're doing. Subscribe if you haven't. Um, we appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with another roundup of what the hell has been going on. And we'll try and figure it out in the meantime. And we'll bring it to you straight into your brains. Next week. Next Sunday. See you then. Bye. Thanks for watching. Bye all. Can't stop the signal now.